Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. I apologize for only two episodes this week. I had just a couple other things come up on Wednesday, Thursday, and Tuesday. But, you know, we'll be going to three episodes a week for the remainder of the month, so I apologize on that. Um, we do have a special guest for the podcast today. He's been on this podcast, though, a number of times. So, I mean, it's not really a special guest at all. Um, Cameron Easton, he also started his own podcast, so be sure to check that out. Uh, Cam, how are you doing today, buddy? Not a special guest. <laughs> what an interest. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing good. Yeah, just starting the, the podcast with my buddy Garrett. It's called Real Time with Big Time. And yeah, check that out, everyone. Yeah, we we have one episode out, and we're going to start rolling some more episodes out here soon, so... Yes, I cannot uh, And we're going to have you as a guest, too, so yes, I can't wait for that. That would be perfect. Yes, I cannot recommend that enough. They're really good football talk, and I'm sure we'll sprinkle in some hockey um, as well. Um, just uh, so everyone knows, for next week, we are going to be having Rob Rossi on from The Athletic at some point. We still haven't uh, gotten down the date yet, but he will be coming on. We'll be asking him about how he views the offseason for the Penguins, you know, what his thoughts were on the moves, and just a whole bunch of other stuff. So I thought I would let you guys know about that. But, you know, as for Penguins news this week, Cam, we did have a little bit to talk about, and that is, you know, I think the Penguins are finally done with their front office moves. Um, they promoted Patrick Alvin, who I think was the director of amateur scouting for a few years, to assistant general manager. Um, Rutherford said he's been made a lot of contributions during his 14 years here in Pittsburgh. He's proven to be a valuable asset. We've been impressed with his hockey knowledge and work ethic, and I look forward to working more closely with him. Also, Cam, um, Sam Ventura, not an assistant general manager anymore, but he will resume the role of director of hockey operations and the director of hockey research. So um, even though he is not an AGM, this is still a promotion for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two moves? Yeah, you know, I, I, I there, there's – we knew, we knew coming into this offseason there was going to be a shuffle in, in the front office. And um, personally, I think I, I like the moves. It's kind of in, interesting that um, Alvin uh, – is that, is that how he pronounces his Yeah, name? Um, I think it is. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird spelling for me. But um, but he broke into the uh, ranks as a European scout for the Canadians, which mm-hmm. I kind of find interesting because if you look at Jim Rutherford's um, track record with his recent tr- uh, draft picks that he, he – he typically drafts European players mostly, especially with the past. Uh, this past draft, he was drafting. Uh, I don't know. Not not all of them were European, but a good majority of them were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely have stockpiled a lot of the players from Europe. It looks like also with this move, I was reading an article from Seth Rohrbaugh. I mean, I think he talked to Jim Rutherford. There will be no further changes to the front office on the horizon. We saw the Dale Talon rumors from a week and a half ago, a week oh. and a half, I think two weeks ago from Rob Rossi. I'll actually ask him about that on the podcast next week. Cam, it looks like they're dodging a bullet there. I mean, I know they conclu- the NHL concluded their investigation about the no racism thing, but you know, even despite that, the dude's a terrible general manager, sucks in the hockey operations department. You know, the fact that the Penguins are moving away from that, um, if so, uh, great news. <laughs> yeah, that's just an area I don't think you want to you know, get close to. And I think it's the, it's smart for the penguins not to, uh, hire him. And, you know, I, I, I like the move here that they made. So, um, it's just gonna be, it's gonna be interesting how they move, how this, how all these moves transpire. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, another thing with the Dale Talon thing, I mean, why? Like, I've talked about this on the podcast before, Cam. Why the hell would you hire him when you just hired Trevor Daly? So, I mean, that would make absolutely yeah. no sense. And, and I, I know. And I have, 
Don't I haven't me. been on since that, but the the Trevor Daly move was out of left field for me, and I'm sure a lot of Penguin fans. But I do like the move. I think that you know, um, he 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 brought a sense of a great leadership to the team during the Cup runs, and I'm mm-hmm. sure he'll have success in the. Uh, in the front office. Yeah, I'm excited to see what his role exactly is going to be. Um, I think it's he's mainly going to be assisting Jim, Jim Rutherford in like player valuations, also watching mm-hmm. the team up from afar. So I am curious to see, you know, just what kind of input he ha- add, he just adds, you know, to the front office and Jim Rutherford. But you know, just the big news, you know, I know Alvin was promoted, but you know, now that Ventura gets another promotion, you can tell that the organization really likes him. And buddy, I mean, I think when Jim Rutherford is either fired, resigns quits, whatever word you want to call it, I really do think Sam is going to get an interview for the GM position, and it would not surprise me if he's hired because the fact that he's just gone up in the organization so fast these last few years, I think that's telling to me, and that I think they may want to shift to you know someone younger when they give the keys to you know someone else full-time after Jim Rutherford retires. Oh, for sure. And if you look back at, you know, right after the Cup wins, I think a lot of us thought, Possibly Jim Rutherford would retire, and we would have seen Bordarelli or um, Bill Guerin take over for, mm-hmm. for Jim Rutherford. And, you know, they, they all went their separate ways. But you're right. Uh, Ventura has, has moved up the ranks quite fast. Um, and I, I think he'd be more than capable of the job if that were, um, you know, to come come up for, for, for the Penguins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would, you know, obviously he brings a very analytic, he's very analytically minded. I mean, that's the reason why he was hired here in the first place. He's the director of hockey research before getting the promotion reported right to Jason Carmanos, who was the assistant general manager before let go for reasons that I don't know if we'll ever find out. It seems sketchy that when he was fired, that Jim Rutherford would not go into it. It seemed, it, it was definitely a bit fishy, but you know, he reported right to him and Carmanos was, I think the big analytics guy, but you know, in this role for Sam, I mean, he's still going to be doing analytics and stuff, but I think there was a quote from Jim Rutherford. I'm trying to find it here. Um, I, I think I was on this article. I think he's going to be also working with the salary cap with Alvin. He, I think he's going to be uh, reporting right to him. So I'm excited to see what he does in that new position. I'm really hoping that Sam, now that he gets more of a say, because we all know Jim Rutherford likes to do his own thing and he'll just, you know, probably go against people. But I mean, now that Sam is the director of hockey operations, you know, I, I got to think that has um, more meaning to it. Well, and Jim Rutherford hasn't typically gone the analytic route with some of his moves yeah. <laughs> as the as the past moves have shown. So I'm sure Sam's um, analytics will maybe change uh, Jim Rutherford's perspective on things, hopefully, because um, <laughs> we don't want another Jack Johnson. So. Yeah, but, well, they signed Cody CC and he's still there. But uh, oh, luckily, that, luckily, it's only for a year. But uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Uh, hey, maybe we should have got uh, got Trevor Daly for one more year. But yeah, I mean, Trevor Daly probably had a. Uh, how old is he now? Is he even? Is he even forty years old yet? I actually have no idea. But he's definitely in his late thirties, right, Cam? Do you know? Do you know how old? Yeah, he is? he's he's thirty seven. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'll take thirty seven year old Trevor Daly over twenty six year old Cody Cece or however how old <laughs> Cody Cece is at this point. But uh, I did finally find the quote. He's because uh, Eric Heasley, I think, is going to be resuming the role as the general manager down at Wilkes Barre. So Rutherford said, 
Ventura and Easley, they'll take on more duties, being responsible for the salary cap and budget and contract and things like that, which they've been involved with, but it wasn't ultimately their responsibility. So more responsibility for them. I like how this has played out. So I like that Sam is going to be really tight with the cap now. He can still do his analytic stuff, but the fact that he's taking on more responsibility, doing new stuff for the hockey operations, this can only mean like just good things to come with him in the future. And I do really hope that he is in consideration for when the Penguins general manager job um, comes up at some point. I agree. And I think Jim Rutherford has a bunch, had a bunch of yes men around, around him. And I think that kind of, I think, you know, ownership saw that. And I think that's why you're seeing these kinds of moves right now. Yeah. I 100% agree with you on that. Keep going. Oh no. I mean, I, yeah, it's these, I'm not mad at these moves. I'm very happy. I wouldn't say I'm very happy, but I think they're, they're heading in the right direction. So, yeah. I mean, I don't mind Carmanos being let go. You know, there's, there's some wild takes out there about, you know, this could be mandated for Mario. I don't know if I buy that now. You know, I bought it a little bit at the time, but then, you know, they didn't hire Dale Town, so thank God for that. You know, yeah. we've, already, I've already talked about that enough on those podcasts, you know, but we'll ask <laughs> Hey, not as, not as much as Jack Johnson, yeah, so you're you know, good. Yeah, you know, good thing I don't have to talk about him anymore. You know, I'm sure everyone that listens to this podcast or if you've listened to the first time, you know, people just get very tired of Jack Johnson very quickly, so I'm, I'm sorry I had to talk about him and just – <laughs> it's over we're done yeah it's, it literally is over <laughs> I, I i had to bring it up you know so no it's we'll we'll bring it up when they they face the rangers so or oh, next yeah. year well, i we'll should get say to talk about how how bad he is for them so that that's awesome but um yeah <laughs> before we get to our next segment cam um it's time to talk about bilko it's the healthy replacement for your energy drink but the energy is not fake it's lasting and natural you know whether it's a mental or physical wall you can break through it with go Every day, you can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can put it in your pocket to get through the day. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. There's three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. There's an offer. You can go to bilko.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at bilko.com. Let's go. So, Cam, we have no idea when this uh, next season is going to start, and we did get the NBA news yesterday that they're going to be starting their season on December 22nd, so right before Christmas. I think it's a 70-game season or something like that, so they're going to be starting before the NHL. You know, I love a league that they actually know when they're going to start, and they actually figured it out. Well, the NHL never could do that. But David Pagnotta went on Sportsnet 650 today, talked about potential uh, pre-start stuff. He says, the NHL is definitely keeping an eye on the NBA. I was told yesterday the NHL is absolutely looking at starting the 2021 season on or around January 1st with camps beginning in mid-December. It all, it all depends on what Canada does with their restrictions. And then the last thing he said, which I felt was ridiculous, if they start January 1st, they can fit in an 82-game schedule with four games per week. Um, Cam, when you hear that... Uh, that sounds kind of ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> That's a little rough. And, you know, just quickly, it's sh- shout out to, you know, all the people fighting cancer and, you know, the cancer survivors right now. Uh, it's it's kind of eerie right now with it being Hockey Fights Cancer Month and usually hockey's yes. being played right now. I so um, it, it's, it's very weird not having hockey right now. And to have that tough of a schedule from January 1st on in 82 games, uh, that's going to be a tough, tough task for a lot of players. And it, it's going to be a rough stretch for, uh, for, for possibly the playoffs as well. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. And just like, I mean, four games out of seven days a week. I mean, what are you going to have two back to backs or something like that? 
I mean, not, not two back-to-backs, but I mean, you have a back-to-back game and then you have like an off day, then another game, and then an off day, then another game. I mean, that's just, that's ridiculous to me. I mean, you can't fit an 82-game schedule in that. The NBA isn't even doing an 82-game schedule, I don't think. And the big thing you have to remember is if you start on January 1st, you have to end your season before mid-July. The Olympics start in mid-July next year, I mean, COVID pending. And they're not going to be having the games on NBC, and NBC is definitely not going to want to have that. So they're probably going to want to have the cup handed out by early July at the latest, hopefully mid-June like normal. But, I mean, there's also potential that, that that it could be pushed back to February. There's been a lot of talk about that. I don't really think it's going to start on January 1st. I think we're looking more at a February 1st restart, and you're looking at a more condensed season, maybe 50, 60 games or something like that, and then just the playoffs like normal. But, you know, it, I don't think they're going to get in 82 games, man. There's just no way. Yeah, key words there is COVID pending, you know, and you you look at the NFL and how they've handled it. I, I think they've handled it pretty good. I mean, some teams haven't followed the protocol as well as others. Um, but for the most part, they've, I mean, they've done a remarkable job without a bubble. And the question is for the NHL, you know, are they going to head down that same route of a bubble? Mm-hmm. I would hope not because th- that, that is a lot of the players were, were not liking that, especially in the NBA too. They, there was the, the players talking about the being in the, um, uh, the, the Walt Disney world. Yeah. Uh, and did you see the ESPN. article on ESPN from Greg Wyszynski and Emily Kaplan? I think they talked to a bunch of anonymous NHL players about the bubble life and it was, it was rough. I don't know if you read it, but it was, it was something else. And I get there's a lot of people that are like, oh, they're athletes. They get paid a lot of money. But, you know, these are human beings and um, it's time away from their family and loved ones. And it's a huge commitment. And, um, yeah, I mean, the 82 game season to me personally is just it's not attainable in in the scenario of the timeline of uh, from January 1st. And then you got possibly the Olympics in the summer. And, you know, I, I, my greatest fear is injuries. I mean, yeah. it, two, two, two different sports, again, with the NFL and the NHL. But you saw a lot of um, players in the NFL get uh, – you're seeing a lot more injuries um, with there no, no being no training camp. And um, it, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see the injuries that happen. And hopefully there aren't any, but – um, I think health and is is a major priority for the NHL. Yeah, I noticed. I was about to say that too. I'm glad you brought that up. They were just. I don't want my superstar players, of course, say Gino, Jake Ensel, Chris Letang, who we're going to get to in the next segment. You know, Jason Zucker, who is from the great state of Minnesota. You know, I don't need them to just you know be hurt three months into the season. So it was just that's just too much for me you play four games a week you got to cut it down from that i mean that that's also- a grind four games a week is a grind and you know th- with the qualifying rounds the penguins saw the benefactor of of covid unfortunately with um that time off and they got jake jake Gensel back and a lot of a lot of p- people healed up there's gonna be no time to heal for these players i mean it's there's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises heading to the playoffs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're going to have players playing through way too many injuries. I mean, you saw the list with the Dallas Stars after the Stanley Cup final. It was like they had just uh, played like a full year's worth of hockey with getting Right, and they had that time off too. So it's like, you know, 
it's it's going to be it's going to be a huge challenge if they try to do the 82 games. Yeah. And then I mean, you know, they're not obviously not going to do the bubble. They're going to have the arenas. I mean, what are you going to do with the realignment? Are you going to have fans in your stadiums? We've seen the NFL is starting to do it. With, I mean, the Steelers of course in Pittsburgh, I think only have 5500 fans a game. You know, some other NFL stadiums have more. You know, that's debatable. But then, but then again, if you think about it, with the NFL, some of them being outdoors too. Yep. I mean, this is um, outdoors. You got to socially distance even harder. I just there's a I lot of see, challenges here. As as much as I miss my team, you know, I I, I don't see um, some of these teams allowing fans this yeah, next season. I, I agree. Into the stands. And you know, the, the, and I, th- I th- and I think that's a great precautionary. Um, you know, issue to take that, take that action, you know? Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you on that. And it's just, there's just, there's a lot of challenges that are facing the way of the NHL here. So they're going to have to figure it out at some point. Um, Cam, before we do get to the next segment, we talk about Chris Letang. There was a listener question here uh, for a little, just a mailbag question. Cam, what's your favorite outdoor game jersey? If you could pick one, I think you know oh, his. Man. His, he says, Alan T. Yoder's. His is between the 20, 2008 Winter Classic and, despite the results, the Stadium Series versus the Flyers and the twenty fourteen one versus Chicago, where they both lost. Um, honestly, I think mine is the two thousand eight one too. That that I can't say that twenty seven. That twenty. What, what year did they play the Flyers? I think it was like twenty eighteen in the. Um, no, it was twenty nineteen in the Stadium Series. I'm like mixing up. All right, the they did twenty seventeen. Um, yeah, because cause I remember Ron Hadesy was in the Heinz Field one. Yeah, I, I so, like the 2017 ones. Those were nice. The ones Those were they, good, yeah, but... But the ones after that stunk, and the 2014 ones, they stunk too. But if I had to say, I'd probably go lean towards the 2008 one with the 2017 one just behind it. Yeah, I like the 2008 ones. I mean, there's such... There's the rich history with it, you know, with, with Crosby's shootout goal. But... Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't like them, but the navy blue ones where they wore against the Caps, I like them personally. I have oh, a Mark Andre Fleury one. Um, you know, I can't. Um, I, I can't with this. <laughs> but no, but no, but I, I I don't like wearing it. Obviously, with Fleury being on, but the jersey itself because it brings that bad memory of Crosby's concussion and you know the injury yeah. history. So that that jersey, I know a lot of people don't like it because of how it looks, but there's also just that you know, the history of Crosby. And that was something I don't like to think about. So, but I, I do like the Jersey itself though. Personally. Yeah. I but hear you. I just, to, I can't, I can't with that Jersey. Just, I, the <laughs> ones are just so bad. I mean, it looks like they're getting a knockoff of the Pittsburgh diagonal one, except it's going to be in the opposite freaking color. So it's just going to be an insult to Snoop Dogg. I just, I love <laughs> Pittsburgh. Jersey, they're so I wish, I wish they brought back the, um, the retro, the retro bird. From I want the, the late Robo 90s. back at some point, man. It's just, please give it back. Yeah. But, but yeah, but anyways, you know, before we get carried away, we, I can spend a whole episode talking about jerseys in this franchise with you. But um, in the next segment, we will be do, uh, continuing our player season reviews, and this time it will be the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Letang. So stay tuned for that. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast here. So, like I said, continuing our player season in review, we get to Chris Letang, who was just a rock again for this uh, Penguins team this past season. He is just nothing short of extra, extraordinary cam. Just drove possession again at almost a 52% rate. Um, his goals for percentage is around 51%. Um, expected goals against 45%. His expected goals when he's on the ice around 52%. 
you know, his scoring chances for versus his scoring chances against are just so far in the positive, you know, 537 versus 488, you know, his high danger chances well above league average as usual, you know, high danger goals for versus goals against. He's in the plus side for that. Um, just another great season, I think, for him. And, you know, for the people that like to hate on Chris Letang in the sand base, the guy had 15 goals and 44 points in 61 games this past season also. Um, you people are weird. Um, this is a this is the best defenseman in franchise history, except for Paul Coffey. I will die on that hill. I know we've had Gronchar come through, Larry Murphy, Ulf Samuelson, a bunch of others. But, you know, outside of Paul Coffey, you know, this is the one that's been here the longest. He has basically almost all the Penguins' defensive records um, for points for defensemen and all that. And, you know, sometimes he can be maddening on the ice with turnovers, but, you know, I'd rather have someone that can take risks and moves the puck up the ice at an elite rate than someone who sucks at moving the puck up the ice like, you know, a certain someone who's on the team last season. Wow, Hunter, you sound like you should just start your own Latang cult or I, something. I know, I know. Well, you know I, I go after Penguins Chronicles all the time, but, you know, he's the anti um, Penguins uh, Latang cult here, so. <laughs> hey, I mean, there, there are times where, uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple turnovers that are questionable, but, I mean, that 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 is just, I, I don't, I don't, take a knock to crystal tank for that because he is you take crystal tank out of that lineup and it, it, it's tough for the penguins to win games he, he is a difference maker on that back end yeah i mean and he's i know he's getting up there in the age he, he's 33 right now but i mean this is still a player i mean he's, he the season before this had 16 goals 56 points in 65 games i mean he's had three consecutive seasons now of basically 45 points or more you know two of the last three over 51 points or more i mean this is still you know, I've always said when he's doing his thing, he's a top 10 defenseman in this league. I don't really think that's a hot take. I mean, I'd even go as far to say, you know, when he's really on top of his game, um, there's not five defensemen in this league that are better than him. You know, that, that might be a little bit of a homer take there. But I mean, no, I mean, when he is on his game, and especially when he was in his prime, he wasn't really getting the respect around the league from the, 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 the main media. You I know, I mean, um, it's there was some I forgot which year it was where he was just playing just amazing and it, it's it's crazy that he doesn't have a Norris Trophy to be quite honest with you because he is just it, I feel like the Malkin and and Crosby factor kind of overlooks his his defensive play and mm-hmm. how those two kind of carry the team but um, Crystal Tang is a crucial part of this team and um, he will be for this next upcoming season. Yeah, and you're right, man. I've always said that, too. It's nuts that he doesn't have a Norris Trophy. He finished third in the Norris in 2012-13 with 38 points in 35 games. His best season of his career, though, he had that almost point-per-game year when Sullivan first came onto the team, 16 goals, 67 points, 71 games. Oh, yeah, Cam, that's still only got him fourth for a Norris vote. He didn't even get as a finalist that year. He was basically a point-per-game player, which is just ridiculous. And also, Yeah, and, and players like Brent Burns were getting, you know, Getting all the attention, and then when it came to the yeah. Stanley Cup final, it was That's Crystal Tang who was the true hero. That was that, the best and, hockey I've ever seen him play. That run by him, you know, especially in Game Six against San Jose, easily the best game I've ever seen him play. He was all over the ice. I mean, I and nobody really talked about Crystal Tang that whole entire playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was it was really all about Crosby, Phil Kessel, and. You know, just um, the HBK line in general, to be honest. The H- yeah, the HBK line, but and Crystal Tang wasn't even really that thought of, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think people had him on their Conn Smythe ballots, but you know, it was after Sid and Kessel, and then I think Nick Benito right, was on yeah. there too. But you know, 
if people would have given the con smite to Chris Letang, I don't think anyone would have batten an eye to it. You know, he was just that good. He was so good this past season. You know, there's just a lot of weird takes from the Penguins fan base on Penguins Twitter about this guy. And I've all I've never really understood it. You know, I think when he eventually retires, people aren't going to realize just how good they had it when he was yeah. here. But, you know, I'm expecting another big year from him. He's going to be paired next to Brian Dumoulin, which is one of the better for top pairings in, in the league. And, you know, another fully healthy season from him. He's going to continue to put up goals, um, continue to drive possession, and, you know, the underlying numbers for him are just going to look awesome. Yeah, I think we're approaching, I mean, especially with Sid and Gino, you're approaching these upper upper 30s and in the later part of their careers where um, people are waiting for that drop in play. And um, I'm, I'm sh- I, I read the Twitter, you know, criticism and I'm sh- mm-hmm. I, I, a lot of people want to move on from crystal Tang in that contract, but I, I totally disagree. I think he is just, he is a crucial part of this team and um, he, he will be for these next couple of seasons. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially as now that the team really only has like two to three years left of contending before since, you know, really get old, like 36, 37, something like that. I mean, they'll still be high level players, but they'll, they'll be skating with walkers out there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That will truly be the day. But, um, Cam, do you have anything else to add before we uh, call it an episode? No, uh, thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. It's, it's just weird not having hockey. But that's the world we live. Crazy world we live in. So. Yeah, well, at least we get the Steelers. Um, guys, remember, please watch the Steelers this weekend if you guys are big Steelers fans. They're going up against your local Denny's worker quarterback, who I don't even know who it is. Uh, Cooper uh, Cody like Cooper Walker. So, it, yeah. It's an unknown guy. So yeah, I can it's tell like you I that. said, it's your local Denny's worker. So, uh, But hey, sure. hey, I will say this quick hot take. These are the kind of, of teams that the Steelers typically yeah. play down their their competition to. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't I I wouldn't count out a loss, but this is a, this is a remarkable team. So, yeah, it's I, a really I have, good team. I have complete faith. So, and be sure to check out Locked On Steelers after the game. I think Chris Carter still does it over there. He does a great job. Uh, so, definitely check out Locked On Steelers. Cam, uh, give the name of your podcast one more time with Garrett for everyone. Yes, it's Real Time with Big Time, and you can find us on Twitter at Real Time Big Time. And we will be uh, recapping uh, all the Sunday games uh, this coming Monday, so look for that. Yeah, that's going to be Appreciate perfect. it. Yeah, that'll be a must-listen. Uh, my Twitter, of course, is at Hunter Hodes. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Penguins. Um, Cam's Twitter, uh, not not even fair, or is it not that fair? I always mix it. <laughs> it's one of the fairs. No, it's uh, it's not that fair, yeah. and you spell fair F E H R. I probably should change that. You know, we've moved on from Eric Fair, but yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank All you guys right. so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back with three episodes next week, including one with Rob Rossi of the Athletics. So stay tuned for that, and I hope you all have a great weekend.